Good day to you all and welcome to July 6th. I have to apologize for any of the background noise here. I'm actually at work on one of my coffee breaks and there's a bunch of stuff going on around me here and you might hear that uh, venting. It's <laughs> one part of our plant is, is venting right now and it's making a bit of noise and I apologize for that. Um, but anyway, yeah, it is July 6th and we are on day 186 and today we're going to be starting a new book. We're starting the book of Amos in the Old Testament. It's a minor prophet. Um, Amos prophesies. He prophesies during the time of King Jeroboam II, which is a time of prosperity for some, but extreme poverty for many others. He reprimands those who oppress the poor and make them suffer even more. As we go through this book, let's think about how angry God becomes when we show more interest in our wealth than obeying him. Remember, though, that God will forgive us if we confess our sins and seek to do his will. So today we're going to begin with that book, and we're going to do chapters 1 to 3, and then we're going to finish off today's reading with Ecclesiastes chapter 6. So let's get right into it today. The Book of Amos Chapter 1. The message of Amos, one of the shepherds of Tekoa, that he received on behalf of Israel. It came to him in visions during the time that Uzziah was king of Judah and Jeroboam the second son of Joash was king of Israel, two years before the big earthquake. The message, God roars from Zion, shouts from Jerusalem. The thunderclap voice withers the pastures tended by shepherds, shrivels Mount Carmel's proud peak. God's message. Because of the three great sins of Damascus, make that four. I'm not putting up with her any longer. She pounded Gilead to a pulp, pounded her senseless with iron hammers and mauls. For that, I'm setting the palace of Hazael on fire. I'm torching Ben-Hadad's forts. I'm going to smash the Damascus gates and banish the crime king who lives in Sin Valley, the vice boss who gives orders from Paradise Palace. The people of the land will be sent back to where they came from, to cure God's decree. God's message, because of the three great sins of Gaza, make that four, I'm not putting up with her any longer. She deported whole towns and then sold the people to Edom. For that, I'm burning down the walls of Gaza, burning up all her forts. I'll banish the crime king from Ashdod, the vice boss from Ashkelon. I'll raise my fist against Ekron, and what's left of the Philistines will die. God's decree. God's message. Because of the three great sins of Tyr, make that four. I'm not putting up with her any longer. She deported whole towns to Edom, breaking the treaty she had with her kin. For that, I'm burning down the walls of Tyr, burning up all her forts. God's message. Because of the three great sins of Edom, make that four. I'm not putting up with her any longer. She hunts down her brother to murder him. She has no pity. She has no heart. Her anger rampages day and night. Her meanness never takes a time out. For that, I'm burning down her capital, Timan, burning up the forts of Basra. God's message. Because of the three great sins of Ammon, make that four. I'm not putting up with her any longer. She ripped open pregnant women in Gilead to get more land for herself. For that, I'm burning down the walls of her capital, Rabbah, burning up her forts. Battle shouts, war whoops with a tornado to finish things off. The king has been carted off to exile, the king and his princes with him. God's decree. 
Amos chapter 2. God's message. Because of the three great sins of Moab, make that four, I'm not putting up with her any longer. She violated the corpse of Edom's king, burning it to cinders. For that, I'm burning down Moab, burning down the forts of Kerioth. Moab will die in the shouting, go out in the blare of war trumpets. I'll remove the king from the center and kill all his princes with him. God's decree. God's message. Because of the three great sins of Judah, make that four. I'm not putting up with them any longer. They rejected God's revelation, refused to keep my commands. But they swallowed the same old lies that got their ancestors onto dead-end roads. For that, I'm burning down Judah, burning down all the forts of Jerusalem. God's message. Because of the three great sins of Israel, make that four. I'm not putting up with them any longer. They buy and sell upstanding people. People for them are only things, ways of making money. They'd sell a poor man for a pair of shoes. They'd sell their own grandmother. They grind the pettiless into the dirt, shove the luckless into the ditch. Everyone and his brother sleeps with the sacred whore, a sacrilege against my holy name. Stuff they've extorted from the poor is piled up at the shrine of their god. While they sit around drinking wine, they've conned from their victims. In contrast, I was always on your side. I destroyed the Amorites who confronted you, Amorites with the stature of great cedars, tough as thick oaks. I destroyed them from the top branches down. I destroyed them from the roots up. And yes, I'm the one who delivered you from Egypt, led you safely through the wilderness for 40 years, and then handed you the country of the Amorites like a piece of cake on a platter. I raised up some of your young men to be prophets, set aside your best youth for training in holiness. Isn't this so, Israel? God's decree. But you made the youth in training break training, and you told the young prophets, Don't prophesy. You're too much for me. I'm hard-pressed to the breaking point. I'm like a wagon piled high and overloaded, creaking and groaning. When I go into action, what will you do? There's no place to run, no matter how fast you run. The strength of the strong won't count. Fighters won't make it. Skilled archers won't make it. Fast runners won't make it chariot drivers won't make it. Even the bravest of all your warriors won't make it. He'll run off for dear life, stripped naked. God's decree. Amos chapter 3. Listen to this, Israel. God is calling you to account. And I mean all of you, everyone connected with the family that he delivered out of Egypt. Listen. Out of all the families on earth, I picked you, Therefore, because of your special calling, I'm holding you responsible for all your sins. Do two people walk hand in hand if they aren't going to the same place? Does a lion roar in the forest if there's no carcass to devour? Does a young lion growl with pleasure if he hasn't caught his supper? Does a bird fall to the ground if it hasn't been hit with a stone? Does a trap spring shut if nothing trips it? When the alarm goes off in the city, aren't people alarmed? And when disaster strikes the city, doesn't God stand behind it? The fact is, God, the master, does nothing without first telling his prophets the whole story. The lion has roared. Who isn't frightened? God has spoken. What prophet can keep quiet? Announce to the forts of Assyria. Announce to the forts of Egypt. Tell them, gather on the Samaritan mountains. Take a good, hard look. What a snake pit of brutality and terror. They can't or won't do one thing right. God said so. They stockpile violence and blight. Therefore, 
This is God's word. An enemy will surround the country. He'll strip you of your power and plunder your forts. God's message. In the same way that a shepherd trying to save a lamb from a lion manages to recover just a pair of legs or the scrap of an ear, so will little be saved of the Israelites who live in Samaria. A couple of old chairs at most, the broken leg of a table. Listen and bring witness against Jacob's family. This is God's word, God of the angel armies. Note well the day I make Israel pay for its sins, pay for the sin altars of worship at Bethel. The horned altars will all be dehorned and scattered around. I'll tear down the winter palace, smash the summer palace, all your fancy buildings. The luxury homes will be demolished, all those pretentious houses. God's decree. Ecclesiastes chapter 6. I looked long and hard at what goes on around here, and let me tell you, things are bad, and people feel it. There are people, for instance, on whom God showers everything, money, property, reputation, all they ever wanted or dreamed of, and then God doesn't let them enjoy it. Some stranger comes along and has all the fun. It's more of what I'm calling smoke, a bad business. Say a couple have scores of children and live a long, long life but never enjoy themselves, even though they end up with a big funeral. I'd still say that a stillborn baby gets the better deal. It gets its start in a mist and ends up in the dark, unnamed. It sees nothing and knows nothing, but is better off by far than anyone living. Even if someone lived a thousand years, make it two thousand, but didn't enjoy anything, what's the point? Doesn't everyone end up in the same place? We work to feed our appetites. Meanwhile, our souls go hungry. So what advantage has a sage over a fool or over some poor wretch who barely gets by? Just grab whatever you can while you can. Don't assume something better might turn up by and by. All it amounts to anyway is smoke and spitting into the wind. Whatever happens, happens. Its destiny is fixed. You can't argue with fate. The more words that are spoken, the more smoke there is in the air. And who is any better off? And who knows what's best for us as we live out our meager smoke and shadow lives? And who can tell any of us the next chapter of our lives? So Lord, I pray that you would bless this reading today. Thank you, Lord, for the message. I pray, Lord, that it would impact anyone who hears it. I pray, Lord, that anyone who needs to hear this word today would somehow find a way to hear it. Thank you, my friends, for joining me today on Bible in a Year with Bill. I am so blessed to be able to do this for you every day, and I hope you're blessed by it too. If anyone wants to drop me a line, feel free to send me an email at Bible in a Year with Bill at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care now.